Hello and welcome to the 267 podcast. I'm joined by my regular co-host, the Green Giant himself, Mike Palin. Uh, I'm just based on the screen today, though. Joined by a kind of recurring guest, Steve <laughs> uh, in that he's not recurring for anyone listening. But unfortunately, due to probably the greatest tragedy of 2020, uh, his podcast got deleted. So, um, yeah. yeah, we've now back put him back. Third recording, it's great, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's not that I'm just deleting them afterwards. So, intro question. If the other person was a movie villain, which movie villain would they be? Uh, either of you can go first. This is tricky. I'm, I'm really struggling here to get one that properly fits Mike. I don't know. Um... Think. Yeah, I feel like protagonist is easy because you can come up with a list of nice qualities. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. The villain's good because you need yeah, to look yeah. for the like the good in the villain. Yeah, you can't really for... just look go, I think Mike's Thanos because he wants to destroy <laughs> half the world. That doesn't quite fit you, does it? I mean, something a little bit... Destroyed half the world. Well, there's probably a few people quite happily snap. Um... <laughs> I'm, t- I'm toying between two. One is a Marvel linked one and one's not. So I'm Ooh. toying between Steve being Loki, mm-hmm. which, you know, you can discuss whether he's a villain or not. Um, yeah. And Vector out of Despicable Me. R- right. Which Despicable Me? Uh, the first one where he tries to steal the moon. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. He's, got, he's got lots of gadgets and he's quite engineer savvy. Right, yeah, yeah, I could, I can see that. Yeah, and vector, <laughs> and you've got a little bit of a vector quiff going on at the moment, Steve, as well. So, uh, yeah, the lockdown haircut is is getting better and better with each day. It's great. You're like this close to being able to have a mohawk. I mean, that's my dream for you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. Are we allowed? Is it a movie villain or? Yeah, I mean, you can go for, like, book villain or whatever. Or just a real villain. I was going to say, maybe not, like, a real dictator or something like that. (laughs) Jack the Ripper. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I don't don't know if you've watched... Have you watched the Peaky Blinders? I was thinking, I don't... Because Peaky Blinders are weird, because their villains turn into allies half the time. Um, But... Also, because I was just thinking Tom Hardy earlier. Um, uh, what's his name? Alfie Solomons is a villain in, like, one of the series. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. That seems like a really random one for me. Um, it's cool. Do, you, do either of you know who that is? I do know a bit from the first one, yeah. I like the idea of being a London gangster, though. Yeah. yeah. And being Tom Hardy, I imagine. And being Tom Hardy. Um, you've got you've got your whole uh, stab rock Blofeld look going anyway, Ben. So you're yeah. I'm pretty much most of the villains in movies are bald, so you can kind of just swap and choose. Yeah, I Mr. like it. Evil. <laughs> uh, Doctor Evil. evil. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So today, uh, Steve's a guy who's been involved in Two Seven for what? 
I don't know how many years. A few Ever. years. Yeah. Um, and is now heading off to uni. He's all grown yep. up. Um, so we thought we'd have a chat about that, about the weirdness at the moment of going to uni. Uh, and also, I think, just generally about being a Christian at uni, as I've also been to uni for a year. Or more like three quarters of a year, given the whole yeah. situation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I thought we'd just start by Steve. Do you want to say what you're doing at uni? Give us some background. So yeah, I'm hoping to head to Imperial College London, uh, which is right in the middle of South Kensington, which is a very very nice part of London, um, to do mechanical engineering. Um, so yeah, I'm down for a four year integrated master's course. Um, which yeah, I'm really looking forward to. Um, yeah, well, it's yeah, just at the moment the weird the weirdness at the moment is just waiting for the results to sort of see whether I actually get that place. Or my sort of backup is Manchester, doing the same course. But yeah, it's weird at the moment. And what's the big difference between Manchester and Imperial, Steve? For you? Well, so Imperial's. Uh, quite special in the fact that it only does uh, engineering and science. Okay. So uh, you are also medic the medicine is quite big there. Um, but yeah, it's means that like it's mechanical engineering department is the same size as most other universities engineering departments. Wow. So it's uh, like eight floors of and mechanical engineering stuff basically which is yeah just massive compared to most of the other universities yeah it's like nerdy engineer paradise yeah exactly yeah it's great or potentially the venue for a villain absolutely take over the world (laughs) and ben what are you studying because we're talking about uni what are you studying and where yeah that'd be helpful um I am studying creative and professional writing, which apparently is a real degree. Uh, Or I may have been tricked into giving people large sums of money. Who knows? Uh, And I'm studying that at Banger up in Wales, uh, North Wales, right on the coast. It's a nice place. It is a nice place. place. Not to be confused with Banger, Northern Ireland. No. Which... A lot of people from the uni also are from Banger, Northern really? Ireland. I don't know if they just liked the name and stuck with <laughs> it or what. Change their postal address or something. Yeah, or maybe they just apply to the wrong uni. Like, they meant to go for the one at home. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of well, people there. And I never, I never went to uni, so I've got a very different perspective. <laughs> yeah. Steve, can we talk first? Because the thing I think is most intriguing about, and we talked about it when we were just getting ready, is this idea that there's no real finish. And I, I don't know whether I'm quite a, a closure person. I like I like to complete. I'm a complete finisher. Um, what is it like, sort of leaving school and heading to uni with a sort of a bit more of a blur rather than an end and a beginning? It's really, it was really, really bizarre. Um, like, it sort of really hit me like when we went right into lockdown because that 
like final day was pretty emotional. Um, so I've been at Snowburn School, um, private school in Snowburns for seven years, and like as a our first form class, pretty much all of us are still here. So we all grouped up and took photos and stuff like that, and had um, sort of yeah one last day of sort of end of termy things um which was really really nice and meant it did feel like the sort of end of term um and that that was really good quite emotional uh but then the weirdness was sort of then continuing on with the school still sort of teaching you still going through courses um giving us more stuff, still sort of being in contact with lots of people um, who aren't like directly in my friendship group. Um, that's really bizarre. Um, but then there's also that the school is promising to like make sure that all of the end of term stuff still happens. So we're still gonna get graduation and stuff like that. Um, later at some point um so yeah it's weird because it it feels like it's not really going to be truly finished until september october or something like that which wow. yeah you have is, an official end date yeah the, the last uh, four weeks not including no, the last three weeks not including half term i've got one more week left to go my school's been like really good in terms of doing these enrichment things which are lessons so i have six lessons a week um but things to like prepare us for university so i'm doing like multivariable calculus which is very useful in engineering um but so the final sort of day of teaching for upper sixth and sort of the last date the school really has anything to do with us is next friday um but then yeah they're still going to be in contact and things will still sort of be happening but it's yeah that's the last day of teaching really it's a weird thing so obviously you know i've got zach's year four my boys is actually four and school's very different at primary school isn't it i know year year six has a certain weight to it because you sort of move on secondary school but zach sort of you know it's yeah he's missing some school but it's probably not going to have an impact on him going forward but actually to miss your year 13 which is almost your sort of doorway into uh what you want to do what your sort of heart is how, how's that felt in terms of it being so much different so much more difficult how's that felt about where you want to be well so it's strange in that i've had several conversations with friends at school um and so in my opinion is sort of fluctuated because i think the general consensus at least for quite a lot of people at my school i don't know about other schools is that actually year 12s have probably got it worse because the the, like the big thing is that we're is year 13s are missing exams so we don't get to prove ourselves in that way all of the work we've done is sort of pointless but it's doesn't we've been working towards these exams for two years and now they're just not happening um so like that that's the biggest thing for us and for some people that's like a blessing because they hate exams some people are really like 
really sad they don't get to do them. Um, but I don't know, like, hopefully my grades should be, the, the system is designed to give you grades that are what you would get in exams. So in terms of going up to university, this shouldn't really have an effect on me. Okay. Whereas the year 12s, like the summer term for year 12s is like the busiest term there is. You learn the most stuff then. Right. So in certain ways, they're going to miss out. If they miss out on all that learning, it's going to be way harder to then catch up for exams next year. Right. But I don't know. It's, you feel the effects differently when you're in different places at school. So I don't know. It's, yeah. And we were, so we, we're chatting, we, we're all Christians. Um, and we've got a faith that's been established over years. And a lot of things I'm doing with people of all ages, I'm saying, what do you think God is saying to you at this time? Well, I mean, it's different. A week ago, it would have been a very different conversation again. So a week and a half ago, we've been talking about coronavirus. What's God saying about that? But actually, with all the, some of the racial stuff that's come up, actually, what is God saying to our world with both of those things sort of in our, our vista? But maybe the question, Steve, I want to draw out for you is what, is, what has God been saying or assuring you with? Or where have you had maybe some firm discussions with God about... <laughs> about what's gone on and yeah i'm always i always want to know what is god saying to individuals from their journey of what they're going through because it's different for everyone isn't it well i i think in terms of um heading to university uh, as time's gone on i think i've definitely felt that i'm meant to be going to imperial more and more and more um sort of at christmas i really didn't know i hadn't got back many i just don't think i got back any of my offers by christmas maybe one or two um but yeah i really wasn't sure on where i was going i sort of had imperial in my mind as that sort of the furthest i could reach but i didn't really know where i was meant to be heading um so as time's gone on and through lockdown as sort of conversations have been happening and prayer has been happening I've definitely felt that Imperial is the place I want to be the place I'm meant to be heading um I don't know in terms of difficult conversations with God is more about what the actual logistics of living in London and or any university is going to be like um yeah. in the coming years it's yeah how that's going to work how um and that's going to work with my family as well you know, like london's good because that's fairly close to it's, what is it hour and a half hour and a bit train rides in um that's very nice, but if I was staying to Manchester, that would be much harder to visit the family. So, like, that's more where those difficult conversations with God have been. But, yeah. Ben, um, is, is it, is your experience, have you had your faith shaken a bit, or has it been something you felt was really firm at the moment? Or um, I think I'm fairly lucky in the sense that my uni's actually been 
very good at like keeping everyone in the loop of what's happening. Uh, so today they sent out an email saying, sort of just because we've had the questions, it's 100% that we are opening September, there will be some face-to-face -face teaching kind of thing. And that kind of assurity is nice, you know, unless yeah. there's another complete lockdown. Um, but I think like for me, the main thing I felt is just sort of that kind of almost feeling a little bit like shortchanged uh, in, in the literal sense as well as, you know, yeah, just uh, socially and um, yeah, I think just a lot of things came to an end and felt very unnaturally sort of like they were coming to an end quickly. Uh, so a lot of people just haven't had time to process that from uni. Uh, I'm looking forward to going back, definitely. It's, but it is that slight apprehension of what's that going to look like again. Uh, and yeah, I think definitely it's uh, something I've been praying about. I wouldn't say my faith's been shaken on it, but it's something I felt that I've always had to rely on God for. Uh, just to sort of say, right, I'm just trusting that it's going to be okay. You know, I'm following what I feel like you're telling me to do at the time and that's all I can do kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, it feels a little bit like I'm walking in, out into sort of a bit blind, but sometimes that's what you've got to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Steve, have you found, what are your apprehensions going into, you know, do you think, like it can be related to coronavirus, but also just generally, I think there's, someone moving on from sort of home church environment to going to suddenly you're almost a slightly more like independent Christian up at uni. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I think the biggest apprehension for me at the moment is probably sort of that sort of freshers week and actually getting to meet people, which is such a like huge part of university is sort of, meeting all these new people, creating new friendships, all of that. And it's the awareness of, with the coronavirus, that might not be able to happen. Um, I don't know, similar to what you were saying about your university, Imperials said that you will definitely, unless anything changes, you will be able to come into the university. Um, there'll be face-to-face -face teaching. Um, They'll do some things online, but yeah, they'll definitely be face-to-face -face teaching. So that I'm less concerned about. Um, it is more the social side of it that you just can't tell what's going to happen. You don't know what that's going to look like until you head there. So yeah, it's yeah something that's sort of in my mind that I have no idea how it's going to look. Yeah, and I think for a lot of people it is just partially going to be working it out as we go along, which is yeah, yeah. the most comforting thing. But no, yeah, it's so tough, many of us you know. like like to know, don't we? Like, uh, I joke with my yeah. trust. We've just written an eight-week plan, and I said I've written it all in pencil because you know you just you just don't know you're going to you write it differently in a month's time probably because we'll have a a whole bunch of different information the thing i wanted to curious more than anything is there's lots of chat online about this has been great for the church because we've been able to reach more people and 
you know, it's been much more accessible, which I sort of agree with, which is hopefully one of our learnings moving forward. But the real essence of our faith and in some ways of school and university is this sort of sort of corporate gathering, this being able to be together. Um, um, and I've talked to somebody the other day, they said that they love worship, but actually singing by themselves to a computer screen hasn't felt like worship because they like the idea of almost being immersed in corporate worship. What is the sort of, um, so we've missed our friendship groups, mate. What are the other sort of bits you've missed about the, the sort of gathering elements that we've not been allowed to do uh, since lockdown? Well, it's, it's the sense of sort of community that I think has been missing in certain senses. Yeah, the church has been able to um, spread out a lot more and get into lots of more homes, which is really good. But it's not the same sense of you going into church and meeting all these people and saying hi to all these people. It's that sense of community that I think is missing. Um, yeah, I've sort of forgotten what the question was. What was the question? I'm just saying those sort of our ability to not gather is so linked to so many parts of our world, isn't it? Whether it's our friendship groups, family, church, worship, you know, so and we've not been able to do that. And I was just wondering how that sort of affected you, Steve, um, both from a spiritual level, but also from a friendship level and you, Ben, as well. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't know. think I don't think the lack of face to face has affected friendships too much i think many people have found uh like relighting new old friendships with this being able to do zooms and phones and phone calls and things like that that i've yeah i've definitely been able to keep chatting with loads of different people which has been really good so i don't think it's affected friendships in that way but it's definitely the lack of sort of personal interaction that is just more generally sort of wearing I think everyone down a little bit but it's just much nicer when you get to see people in, pe in person. Now Ben as a raging extrovert <laughs> <laughs> have you Ben's not a raging extrovert as we know um, have you has this been sort of a normal day for you or have you also missed gatherings um, I think like you know definitely not on the same level that someone who maybe would be spending every day hanging out with different people <laughs> and for me that still sounds exhausting but like definitely there is an element of um, I think just like formality when you are meeting people um, mm -hmm. which I find weird like because now we are allowed to meet with you know I think it's up to six people or uh, while distanced and things like that uh, and I've met up with when we were allowed to meet one-on-one -on -one, I met up with someone that was you know uncomfortable uh, and I think there is just this kind of it is socially distancing like not just in a physical way but also there's some sort of rift that's been sort of driven between people. Uh, and I think for me, I do miss sort of that depth of conversation, which I think probably as an introvert is something I 
thrive on more than just sort of quantity of interaction but i found that like it's affected the quality of interaction with people uh through lockdown the whole time uh zoom isn't really the place to have a deep discussion i find uh or it's more difficult uh and yeah i just think for me like that's the thing that i'm really looking forward to having back is just the ability yeah. to come and chill out with someone on a sofa eat some food properly sort of get to grips with how someone's doing uh and how i'm doing and i think yeah that's what i'm looking forward to it's like we're all constantly guarded isn't it we're always like aware that either we're doing something wrong or we've got to be hyper vigilant or and so that almost like you said it sort of it sort of restricts the ability to have that free deep conversation because we're quite we're quite guarded by everything and it's really yeah it's been really yeah i think you used the word you know a rift i think that's been a really good illustration ben that you haven't been able to go even when you can meet up you haven't been able to go as deep as maybe because I, like you, I sat with someone had coffee two days ago on a bench and we were two metres apart. But every sort of few minutes, we were both just looking at each other, looking at where we placed our hands and how far away we were. And, you know, careful not to do that sort of playful hand tap that you would if you're not. And you, it constantly means you're slightly restricted. And I found it quite, yeah, it was quite upsetting, really. Yeah, and I found that, like, even when sort of, I, I mean, I've, followed the government guidance to a letter to the letter and whatever like uh i haven't been someone attempting to bend the rules yet still when i'm interacting with people i feel a certain level of like guilt and yeah almost like you're being watched a bit i guess uh, and it's hard to shake like no i'm doing what i'm supposed to do yeah. uh yeah but i don't know so ben and steve going back to uni so imagine and it's quite hard imagine coronavirus never happened and life is normal. Um, what, are you, what are you most looking forward to about uni? And what are you most hesitant about? Um, personally, I think the freedom of university is probably the biggest thing. Um, the moving away from home and, yeah, just being able to... Not it's not doing what you want, but it's that um, sense of going out into the unknown and exploring a little bit and just, yeah, that little bit of freedom. Um, yeah, also why I sort of went for City University is to get that experience of the world. And yeah, that's, that's I think what I'm most looking forward to. Um, and I think that's still the case even now um it's just with that there's certain little caveats that are in my mind that yeah certain things might not be possible um i don't I, then then the i think there wasn't anything massive i was worried about just the sort of little um little things of yeah, meeting new people, how's that going to go? Um, am I going to enjoy it? Is it the right thing? But I think that's sort of normal for yeah. any big change. You're always going to have those worries that everything might not go well, but yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. So. 
think, and I can say this from experience, because even as a extrovert, I understood that this is the way to go, and I'm sure you've heard this already. But it is just a case of, for the first couple of weeks, you just need to relentlessly socialise. Uh, yeah. There'll be events everywhere, there'll be things to do, even, you know, if they're just on Zoom at the moment, there's going to be, and just take every opportunity you can, find a church in the first few weeks, sort of, you just need to throw yourself in, and then have what I think most people have when they start uni, which is after those first few weeks, about two weeks, where you just sleep solidly, and recover <laughs> from the first few weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, it is it's a great time like i really enjoyed my first few weeks of uni even as a raging introvert uh but yeah i think it is just whatever your personality type just throw yourself in you'll have a good time and ben yeah. you mentioned about throwing yourself into a church early mm -hmm. I've, you know i suppose you know i speak to a lot of students and you know for some it's been a it's been a, an easy process to find a church for others it's not and church hasn't really happened and Steve you've been in part of a village church for most of your life yeah how do you then feel about going to somewhere where you've got or in some ways it's good you've got to find a church of your own choosing yeah which is a benefit but you know what is your sort of process there what are you going to be sort of aiming at well I I, I don't know I th feel like I've probably actually had couple of advantages in the way my Christian life has developed I've sort of um, at school we do Abbey every Monday Friday which even though is terrible in some ways and uh, yeah there's the whole school coming together and it's really weird experience I've still been able to sort of use those moments to have time with God so that's that I feel like is really good and something I can take forward I don't have to be or sort of in St Mark's to really find that quality time with God but I think looking for a church I I will probably go for a bigger church than St Mark's um so we've as a youth group have gone to Source 5 Watford many times um and that's an environment and a um a style of church that I really enjoy so um yeah, when you're going you've got the joys of the the wonderful htb yeah htb is the big one very isn't it? different very different flavors of htb all really near you as well haven't you? there's probably two yeah so but yeah i'm sport for choice when i'm going it's I know. right it's in not... the center of london so you've got every possible uh type and denomination you want but um yeah i don't know i will i'll be an experience looking around but i feel fairly confident and calm about looking for a new church it's yeah yeah i think it's i think it is an unexpectedly like challenging process finding a new church uh you know i've i think pretty much everyone i know who's gone to uni has either gone in sort of knowing exactly what they want in a church which is great uh and then actually found Maybe that's not what I'm after. So, like, uh, I ended up going for a church that was probably more traditional than I would have um, initially listed as one of my values. Like, you know, uh, I think, but what I found was sort of in the 
you know, Hillsong style of church that was the big alternative where I was going. Uh, actually, the preaching and things were a lot more uh, valuable. But the main thing I'd say is like, just focus on the connections you make uh, rather than, you know, preaching, worship, they're all important factors. But the main thing in a church as opposed to worshiping by yourself is that like community aspect. So um, if you find the, go where the connections are, uh, you know, don't go to a church that you hate just because you get on with people, but also prioritize that actually, if you can make some strong connections with some Christians, preferably also students as well. Yeah. In the first couple of weeks, that's a really good like foundation. Uh, and even as someone who like, I did struggle to find like a church that I was happy with straight away i had managed to find sort of a couple of really close christian friends uh so i could sort of rely on that while i was still working out which is the exact church and what style yeah. of worship do i really prefer and all of the small de de details uh but yeah it's also quite fun feels a bit yeah. like going shopping you get to just like you know and i imagine you'll do exactly what i did because you're a fellow man who likes things in like fixed terms because I got really into ranking churches uh, numerically. <laughs> I now have the definitive tier list of uh, churches. Have you published this, Ben? <laughs> I think it may be a little bit personal preference, but I did have one uh, one column on it, which was just uh, jazzy. How jazzy <laughs> is the church? And I thought that was important. There's a jazzy scale, is there? Yeah, from one to five. And what, what's a, a five-scale jazziness? That's like there's a smoke machine, there's, you know, people <laughs> doing jazz hands at Is the end of every... Is it a hipster church? I think, yeah, like probably Hillsong would be the definition of a jazzy church. That's a five, is it? Okay. Whereas anyone familiar with uh, St. John's near me, which is maybe a little bit uh, subdued uh, worship, that, that's a one on the jazzy that's scale. one on the jazzy hand scale. I was okay. looking for a three. That, uh, okay. Yeah, you want a bit of jazz, but you never want too much jazz. You know? <laughs> there you are. If we get anything from this podcast, it's Ben's jazzy scale for church hunting. It's yeah. particularly useful, I think. I think it's an important factor. There were other factors, but that's the main one. <laughs> wow. And are you on a three jazzy church at the moment? Uh, yeah, I would say I am. And what's great about that church? Uh, I mean, the preaching especially is high quality. The people preaching are usually heavily sarcastic, which I'm into. Um, <laughs> and then the best thing is that it is like very traditional worship. You know, there's an organ, uh, but that it's not traditional organ playing. There's there's wow. some jazziness involved. It's kind of like if you've seen the Simpsons episode. Uh, where there's the woman playing the organ in it and she starts off very slowly and then goes into this sort of amazing solo. Uh, it's kind of like that, but with an organ. Wow. <laughs> Everyone's going to want to go to your church now, Ben. Yeah, yeah you got to be Pretty cool. I mean, you've sold it. Yeah, it's like if my church back home, not St Paul's, the other one, uh, which I shall not name, uh, if they had you know, not just 70-year-olds, they actually had students going, uh, which is perfect, wow. you know. <laughs> and where, just to put you both on the spot, using Ben's jazzy scale, 
Where's St Paul's and St Mark's on the jazzy scale? Because obviously our friends are going to listen to this. They want to know whether you've rated their jazziness appropriately. Yeah, they found out that there's a new definitive ranking for churches yeah. and they want to know where they sit. 39 articles, it's just the jazziness. Yeah. Where are you sitting St Paul's on the jazzy factor? Ooh. I think St Paul's is with, with Ben Shove, big shout out to Ben Shove. I reckon it's hit a four. Mm. You know, there's some pretty good jazzy moments happening. At uh, which maybe is a little bit too jazzy for me occasionally, personally. But I understand a lot of people are looking for a four on their You like to dance around between two and a half and three and a half, do you, Ben? Yeah, that's sort of my uh, my jazzy jazzy limits, I believe, is the official term. <laughs> Where's your jazzy, jazzy sweet spot? <laughs> I really regret calling it the jazzy scale now. <laughs> I've never said jazzy so many times in a few minutes. It's why it was lost its meaning now. Yeah. Uh, I, I reckon St. Mark's has got more jazzy over the last few years. Um, I reckon our sort of new worship band's pretty, pretty jazzy up there. Um, if you've got Tim drumming, then... I imagine that pushes it right up. But I, I reckon we're probably we're at a, a three, maybe three and a half. Wow. Uh, stick it at three. I think I three. I think you're very generous, Steve, with our jazziness. Maybe I need to check out St. Mark's, you know. I think. It's just in the sweet spot for <laughs> jazziness. Yeah, Steve, what, what might, do you think you're looking for? In, I think in you might have missold it, actually, if Ben <laughs> thinks he wants to visit us because of our jazziness. Maybe. Yeah. Might, what are you I mean, looking for, Steve? What's if he your... comes on the wrong week, you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably true, isn't it? It's, depending on which week you come on, it will be... Yeah. That's the case with a lot of churches, to be fair. But yeah, yeah Steve, when think... you're looking around next year, what's your, what's your aimed jazziness? <laughs> I, I reckon between a three and a four, I'll go slightly, slightly higher than what you're saying. But I, I, yeah. Even on our best day, I don't think we could hit over a three. I don't know how seriously the jersey scale has been taken. <laughs> I think you need to. I think you need to break it down between. I think one number is too broad. I think there needs to be. But I think jerseyness captures all that's important. You know. <laughs> I think maybe what we need to do. You know how sort of movie websites have their like score at the bottom and their yeah. IMDb rating. We need all churches to have at the bottom of their website the jazzy That's scale right. rating. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the official jazzy scale. <laughs> Copyright Ben Fitzsimons. Yeah. New business venture for 267. Is it like Michelin star though? Would you have to do it a certain amount of times to up your jazzy scale? Yeah, maybe I come around as like a critic. Because I think you can't just have one jazzy thing and jump from two to four thinking you've got to like hit a few jazzy festivals. <laughs> <laughs> to be able to, to, to consistently you got to do it three times to jump a point otherwise you could like Steve said you have the right band on somebody yeah. turns up that week and then they come back the next week and they drop, drop from four to one I mean yeah. that's I reckon that's, I, yeah thinking about it of, <laughs> the band is like I think the major plus is the major thing adding to our jazzy score but then <laughs> if the band isn't there I oh, probably yeah. drops down a little bit. 
Okay, we've hit. I think it's a good place to end, Ben. I think that's a perfect place to end. Uh, I'm going to look at all my churches. Message us. And I'm going to jazzy rate them now. Yeah, please message us letting us know what your jazzy scale for your church is. Yeah. Uh, So we can get the official list going. Oh, yeah, we need need causes. And maybe we'll read them out next podcast or the one after. Uh, But yeah. I think that was a solid discussion about university, followed by about 10 minutes on the jazzy scale. <laughs> but I'm, I'm fully okay with that, you know? Me too. Yeah. That was important. It's a significant piece of research you've begun, Ben. I have. You know, the Youthscape's doing good stuff with research, but it's yeah. not even approaching what <laughs> I'm jazz. doing with the oh, jazzy scale. Not even, mate. Yeah. Youth who? Well... <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, Steve, for joining us. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye.